0: And welcome to the second episode of Ukrainian Field Notes on Resonance FM. I'm Gianmarco Re. Ukrainian Field Notes is also an ongoing series of interviews with Ukrainian musicians for the Experimental Music website A Closer Listen. This month we'll be discussing volunteering and life in Kiev. But first a track by HSPD and this is a prayer one. There was a prayer one by HSPD from his latest album out on the Ukrainian label Lono. And now it's a great pleasure for me to welcome NFNR, neither famous nor rich, who's been very active from day one both with volunteering and fundraising back in Kiev. But I'll let her introduce herself.
1: My name is Olesya Onikiyenko and uh, I am electronic musician and composer. I compose for the theatre, for films, for performances, have collaborations with dancers and different performers. And uh, as well I am a curator of uh, Women's Sound platform and a member of uh, Institute of Sound. Uh, That is a Kyiv-based initiative that supports uh, the development of electronic music.
0: What's life uh, been like for you since uh, February 24th?
1: Uh, Since the full-scale invasion, I'm staying in Kyiv all the time, except recent uh, small tour abroad. So I continue living in Ukraine and uh, try actively support our defenders and medical doctors and do a lot of volunteering stuff.
0: And could you give us an idea of um, how life has changed in Kyiv over the past few months?
1: all the time, everything changes on front lines. And uh, I would say that uh, first three months, March, April and May were the most intensive. And uh, people accumulated all their forces, wh- all who stayed, uh, who decided to stay. And uh, I observed how uh, my city capital became uh, the total volunteer movement on different levels. Uh, for sure, so some people went to territory defense. Uh, some people were delivering food for the older people, for disabled people. And this is, was a very strong union and that was but these, those uh, three months there were maximum intensive from the, like, from morning till the evening. Now it's uh, changed, a lot of people came back, but yeah, I s- still see that mostly all my friends, all the network musicians, clubs, they transformed and uh, doing a lot of volunteer work, they became uh, the how it is like the centers of volunteers movements and they do different help on different levels. Some clubs uh, arrange uh, charity events just to support themselves because to support the communities, to support musicians, to support uh, male musicians uh, who can't leave the country and who have to stay here and who don't have any job. Uh, some collect medicine, some uh, collect uh, food for those areas uh, who were occupied, and uh, the logistics is very complicated there now. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I see like mostly everybody who is uh, staying in in my city doing some volunteer. I would say this is social, social, very. Active social position to support each other. All people mostly involved.
0: Could you uh, explain a little bit about how the volunteering is organized?
1: It's uh, it's very different because uh, you know the first the first moments uh, the first days this was uh, completely chaos and it was very like we didn't have much time to think and even to. Uh, yeah, to, to coordinate. Uh, for example, I just got to the uh, volunteer organization, and the first days we were we understood we need to do something and be somehow helpful, and uh, we were just unloading the big trucks that came with supplies. And but then I understood that I have a lot of uh, contacts abroad. Uh, like as as an artist as musicians as a musician I have many contracts and I understood that I can get some of the supplies uh, for which uh, these volunt- this volunteer organizations searches and uh, so like we are self organized I and some of my friends you know and it's like different in different uh, during different months these were a different group of people because it's also very exhausting, and some people, uh, yeah, some some people already moved abroad, and because because uh, it's very hard to get here the money and to, to have a job, so our team all the time changes, and it's it's very flexible. As as I see, it's also uh, different units of people. So, so, sometimes these are communities who organized and who were formed like. Uh, for example, Mezzanine Club, uh, on their base uh, they have uh, their volunteer center. Uh, some people as we just, and like I, I got many new contacts, and not from my artistic circle. Uh, like one person who uh, closer to their soldiers, and uh, she is military doctor, and uh, so I just united with them and understood that i i can be helpful to them and f- to find and deliver things that they need uh, and i think it's yeah it's very different but what is the most important uh, you know these gr- grassroots initiatives and uh, not the big official organizations they are very helpful now uh, because we understood this from the first days that uh, Small, smaller uh, small volunteer uh, organization um, have possibility to be very flexible t- and to act very fast and uh, they don't have this bureaucracy uh, of documentation and uh, yeah, uh, reports doing reports and documentations and dealing with documents and uh, small volunteer organizations they are really very effective. So it's you know, for me it looks like the natural consolidation of society in some groups. This is it's not like the volunteer some institutions. It's really some consolidations of people who when they have time they do do very very important things.
0: Time for some music now, and a track by Eulasia, aka N F N R. This is um, Dice 2 from the album Dog Rose, out on the Ukrainian label corridor audio. As Olysia describes it, this is a track about the coincidences in life that one cannot control but that can reveal something new to enjoy. That was um, Dice 2 by NFNR from her album Dog Rose out on uh, Corridor Audio. And we're back with Orlesia discussing grassroots volunteering. There's also been a report by the um, United Kingdom Humanitarian Innovation Hub that states that uh, most of the aid that Ukrainians have been able to access during the first three months of the crisis has come from informal volunteer efforts. An organic humanitarian response, these volunteer groups have sprung up across the country and especially in areas where fighting has caused dislocation and disruption of daily life. So that was um, from a finding from the um, Humanitarian Innovation Hub, based in the UK. Um, Could you elaborate on on what it means having to deal with uh, big organisations?
1: We were writing in March to many big organizations and mostly uh, got uh, refused and the process was very very complicated and uh, yeah because of the they need some uh, documentations and official requests uh, but situation was so hard and intensive that you can't just all the time you know the grab somebody and uh, demand from them their official requests it was not possible uh, people needed to act very fast and we understood it's much more easier to bring all the stuff from abroad ourselves and uh, and another moment was also that um, many organizations abroad uh, they They were not ready uh, to support even with the tactical medicine because this is considered... uh, Yeah, this is the position closer to the military equipment. I don't understand why. And mostly all the things that we needed, like technical medicine, it was on the first position. Uh, Western organizations, foreign organizations, they were not possible. They couldn't provide it. So yeah this was a problem because mostly they offered like uh, food and clothes and with this was a problem because it's not the, you know uh, Ukrainians uh, collected uh, clothes for like for occupied areas themselves and uh, but at some moment he appeared a lot of uh, tracks with clothes and this was not this was not useful and <laughs> you know that's made no sense at all. For me, it was problem at that time. I couldn't. It was very hard to explain that uh, it's not possible to defend ourselves. And uh, very often, I heard uh, this word militarization, and uh, and I was trying to explain people that these are different things. These are not militarization. And how can I protect myself? You know, because even and in this category, category, military were different things, all the tactical mats and even the helmets and uh, many people from West uh, said, yes, we want to donate, but uh, we can't donate for their armor. But uh, and I was trying to explain that uh, like blood devices to stop the blood tourniquets. This is not the this is not the gun. This is not the arm. <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh, this is not with what you can shoot somebody, even if they think that this is militaristic thing. And this is very hard still to explain. Not everybody understand this.
0: Was um, HSPD with a brief interlude and the track uh, Yes No Yes. Alize, well, did you um, liaise with other volunteering groups and NGOs?
1: Uh, the 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 one, uh, but it's not so big. It's just uh, volunteer organization that acts uh, since 2014. I mean, they at once started, it's Volun- volunteerska Sotnia, and they at once, uh, since the 2014, the, when the war began on the East areas, they started uh, doing volunteer work. But this is not like the huge organization. They are just very professional and they have all the contacts and they really know the situation. And uh, so I support them.
0: Sorry, could you uh, repeat the name of that organization?
1: It is Vo- Voluntarska Sotnia. It's like Volunteer Hundred, Hundred. Uh, yeah, Voluntarska Sotnia.
0: And um, did you liaise directly with uh, people on the front line?
1: Yes, I was consulting with um, my friend paramedic and with uh, volunteers uh, who who responsible for how it is for for some battalions. And uh, who take care of them? And yeah, I was consulting and uh, with people whom I know or my new contacts. Uh, proven that I saw that these people they're really good. They don't cheat and they cooperate directly with the soldiers. And consulting and analyzing. Uh, this is uh, yeah <laughs> mostly how we how we arrange this. It's also also the moment you know that. I understood we need to be flexible because uh, for example now the donations uh, they fall down and understand that people uh, ex- exhausted and uh, the financial crisis is <laughs> for not only for Ukrainian people but for people abroad as well. Uh, so I try to see what is what is possible to collect for like now I understand the, the s- collecting for the second drone it goes harder much more harder because this is a really big big sum of money and uh, I plan for myself that the next uh, we will collect something for n- not such big uh, supplies not such expensive su- supplies because uh, yeah d- donations stop and some but some it's the cheaper and smaller things are still very needed this uh, this is you know this is the answer that many people say why the government can't can't provide uh, everything like this is the government who has to do this but all these things they are fi- very very fast they finished plus you know when soldiers are on front lines when they have artillery attacked, this is just a moment and everything what you provided to them, this is unfortunately uh, destroyed, you know. So this is together work, government as well as the society, because it's not possible just to to provide everything and it it is done. No, it's like permanent.
0: What would you say is a percentage of donations from, from the West?
1: A lot, a lot. I think uh, mm, for me it's hard to do. Yeah, I'm not a mathematician and sociologist, but the um, donations from abroad are really big, and a lot of people whom I I don't know them. But this is how artistic community works. Like my friends uh, or people who know me, they share the posts, and then I. At I can say that the last months is uh, June and July mostly were donations from abroad and from people whom I I never met them I don't know them they just uh, they just uh, believe and we had situation when Canadian couple saw that we collect for the drone and they just uh, believed us checked maybe what we did before and they said okay we will double you the sum and we will just give you for the second one so yeah it's it's a lot about uh, just uh, belief of people and and it also waves because uh, for sure the first 3 months is a lot of ukrainians donated like but yeah i see that uh, you know the prices in ukraine g- going high and higher. and it is uh, together with the moment that people don't have uh, permanent jobs or yeah the salaries uh, much less now Uh, this is harder for ukrainians to do themselves Uh, but we all the time we say that even small donations uh, sometimes they 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 do a great job and uh, in several days they collect uh, a big sum of money
0: That was uh, HSPD again with uh, Crepuscola. And now we're back with uh, Olesia Onikienko. Now that some people have returned to Kyiv, the uh, perception in the west is that the um, situation has stabilized, at least in parts of Ukraine, what is the actual reality like on the ground?
1: I can't say that situation is stabilized because being here, you never know where the missile can can fall down. And this, uh, like you know, the all the if you follow the news and see how many uh, uh, Ukrainian city cities uh, during one day have missile attacks, this is a lot. So unfortunately. Nowhere here you can be safe. Uh, But uh, at the same time, I also understand that uh, unless I experienced this, uh, I I mean, unless I experienced war, I didn't know for real what is this. Because I also, like, I was, uh, I never was for the war and tried, like it was important for me to support the peace and uh, all uh, to support to support people who suffer in many countries but unless unless you hear the first explosion of the missile you for real you you can't understand what is this and then ascended people from abroad then they they can't understand what is this and with uh, what feelings you live here and and why we live here? <laughs> because you know, like, because this is a question. Like, if you say that, if I say that it is not uh, unsafe here, but why you are living here? Uh, and this is also this is another another question. Like, I can't say that it's safe here because it's sure a sure no, not normal situation. Even uh, if you know one missile per day falls somewhere in Ukraine, it's it's not okay.
0: Could you tell us how you've been dealing personally with being in Kiev throughout and how you deal with burnout?
1: <laughs> it's uh, the, the hardest question. <laughs> but you know, um, at first, the, the, these first uh, three hard months, uh, for me helped... Uh, like at, at, one, at one moment I understood that it's more scary just to sit and to hide in your corridor. You know, we have this rule of two walls and it's more scary than when we go somewhere and volunteer and we uh, are connected with peoples, we talk with soldiers, we talk with volunteers and we know more real situation and, uh, you know, this also gives a kind of, mm, yep, it it, uh, rose the power this unity of people when you when you see how how people united and how they are helpful and what they do and this this really helped uh, mentally really like a lot uh, about burnout uh, it's also you know it's a yeah for sure i, I had i had personally this moment it's uh, it's very exhausting and it's very hard but uh, I don't know. I I tr- I, w- I was tr- I think I'm trying to do some yoga. I, I it's you know <laughs> it's, it's very hard questions. I don't know like because it's not only burnout. I understand that yeah. For this time, I I don't do art, uh, I do, like I just can't afford myself to sit and write music to relax. Uh, because of different moments like at first it was very hard to work in the headphones because you feel unsafe and to listen to any sound and also i don't feel so relaxed that i can write music but my friends are on front lines more and more m- more of my friends and for me it's more in- important to or to get money f- for them or yeah to to find these supplies and this, this is very hard, that uh, this is something not not natural for me, because I'm... This is, the, you know, this this job of kind of manager, this is the one I... This is maximum not natural for me, and uh, I always hated this. And this is very hard to deal with this. Uh, so, I don't know, I, tr- I try to <laughs> sometimes do some, some yoga and practice, but... I can say this is helps a lot because also this situation when each day you all the times somebody frights you i mean the russian government can fright you with an atomic explosion and this is, uh, this is very hard to, to live with this, because at some moment I was trying like, okay, do I have to accept this? <laughs> but it's also, you know, this is the, I don't know, this is the highest level for a person, I need to accept this, that we can all die from the atomic bombing or something.
0: And now I am track chosen by Olasia, and this is um, Homeland by I-Iteration. Olivia sent me uh, a little explanation of why she um, chose this particular track, which I'm going to read to you now. This is one of my favourite tracks from the fundraising compilation Liberty by Ukrainian artists. It was warming my heart and curing me during the hot spring of 2022 in Ukraine. With this track and this compilation, I started to listen to music again because I didn't at all since the full scale Russian invasion in Ukraine. So that was um, Homeland by I-iteration from the uh, fundraising compilation Liberty, curated by Igor Yelovich for the Flaming Pines label. And we are back with um, Olesia, uh, talking about volunteering and life in uh, Kiev. Well, Izzy, you've uh, recently been abroad uh, for the first time since uh, February the 24th. And you've also now been selected as one of um, three Ukrainian artists by Shape, the platform for innovative music and audiovisual art from Europe. Um, how do you feel about this? And how do you feel about um, actually leaving your country to uh, go and perform abroad?
1: Uh, it's uh, <laughs> It's another hard question uh, Because it's so this is also the question of Ego, ego, yeah question of ego because for sure I would love to do more music But unfortunately I can't do this now and I uh, Uh, Since uh, since winter I just uh, did one uh, track uh, for performance uh, abroad and I wanted to do kind of remix on Ukrainian folk song and this was some some moment of uh, relax for me and some rest I wanted to do little bit with the sound but uh, yeah you know (laughs) Now I also I, I try also to analyze and try to understand what is the most important now and uh, when I see that uh, performing, giving performances and uh, collecting the fee or donations it works much better now than uh, if I do an album and uh, I mean if I do an album the, the donations I can collect they will be much less and in this sense uh, <laughs> You know it's I, I would I would experience being selected to shape and go into riga in other times <laughs> not, not like now because this I have uh, I can't experience all the like happiness and greatness in all the in all the f- full scale uh, if it would be without a war. Because the uh, questions of personal safety and my friends on front lines are much more, yeah, they dominant and more important for me now. But uh, I'm really grateful to have the, this possibility to go and talk and tell more people and communicate because, uh, as you said, uh, Yep, and as I said, uh, people get more tired, and but keeping this uh, even discussion among people and uh, yep, delivering them the true information what happens here, how people can live here, and how we deal with this, this is uh, very important now for me.
0: Could you also give us an idea of what the logistics are for traveling abroad from Kiev now that... Um Of course, there are no flights.
1: It's, uh, you know, it's like it takes a day and a half to get somewhere. Like uh, the thing, so the the flight's more expensive. I think there are different, different moments that uh, change the logistics. At first I need like 12 hours to get to Poland. And this is with train and this is also all the time it's delayed because the checks on the border and this takes times and then going somewhere so it's like in general i went to kosovo a day and a half via albania uh, because mostly organizers need to count where the flights will be cheaper as well to georgia we went not directly to tbilisi but kutaisi and from kutaisi again the bus and this is super long and uh, yeah this is this is very tiring (laughs) growth
0: Did you have any uh, specific problems with the red tape? I mean, when Heine Ali applied for a visa to perform a fundraising event in the UK back in July, he ended up giving up because the whole process was too complicated and costly. As Ukrainians not only have to apply three months in advance and have to pay a non-refundable fee of 180 euros, but they cannot even apply from within Ukraine, which makes it even more Difficult. Did you uh, experience any similar problems going to um, Kosovo?
1: No, it's uh, no, now it was like traveling to Kosovo, Georgia, Germany, it was super easy. Just more checks on the border and uh, yeah, passport. I mean, the in the custom, they check the, all the stamps where I ex- entered and exited, but yeah, in general it's, it's very easy.
0: <laughs> well, that's good to hear, and, but it doesn't reflect too well on the UK. But there we are. Anyway, uh, another one from Olesia, uh, aka NFNR, and this is a uh, dog rose. And we are back with um olesia is there anything in particular about the way that the west has been talking about the uh, russian invasion or framing the narrative about the war that has been bothering you or is there anything that you wish that the west and western journalists would stop asking uh, ukrainians
1: you know mostly mostly west uh, doesn't ask but uh just claims, and this is a problem, because West says, you should do another way, you are doing wrong, but I think that we live in these conditions, in this uh, space, and we, this is, I guess, this is obvious that we know better what happens, and uh, so I wish uh, West be more attentive and try to to hear, to listen, to understand what happens there, and not... uh, not say and not claim that we shouldn't give uh, arm to Ukraine, we shouldn't arm Ukraine. Uh, yeah, Not to say that this is militarization, and uh, I, I, I wish uh, West can understand that we have no other way to protect ourselves.
0: There are actually a number of podcasts out there in English, uh, run by Ukrainians, uh, like um, Ukrainian spaces and Ukrainian world, but do try and amplify Ukrainian voices and decolonize Ukrainian conversations.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is like, uh, let the West ask more because this is good when when people ask and really interested and uh, because there are many dimensions and many things to talk about, even to ask to understand what happens.
0: I'm it's um, time to wrap up now many thanks to um, Olazia for being with us if you want to find out more about donating please refer to um, um artist uh, Facebook page that is at NFNR music and another um, organisation that is worth uh, mentioning is uh, Musicians Defend Ukraine a charity foundation working directly with uh, Ukrainian artists on the front line. This was um, Ukrainian Field Notes with Gianmarco uh, Derev for Resonance FM. If you'd like to uh, read more interviews with uh, Ukrainian artists, please check out the experimental music website A Closer Listen. And I'll see you um, next month. Thank you.